Good morning. Even though many of you are watching this on Sunday morning, I'm recording at night because the holiday schedule has just been kind of hectic, hectic and here we are on a cool December night. Um, you can use your imagination and pretend it's Sunday morning. Well, I hope you've had a very Merry Christmas this year as we remembered and celebrated the birth of Christ. This year, if you've been journeying with us, we've been on an Advent series called Birth Pangs, where we've looked at the mixture of joy and pain when God births hope in us. And much like human pregnancy, and as we see in the scriptures of the Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament and the Nativity texts in the Gospels, the journey of hope often includes ups and downs. Now this week, as we reflect on our Advent journey throughout the whole month, I just had a short devotional thought for you as we all look forward to 2022. Now on Christmas, Christians recognize and commemorate the birth of Christ in the world. And as the Gospel of John tells us, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God the Son, born as a human being to bring about the redemption and the renewal of all things. And as we talked about at Friday's Christmas Eve service, all of the hope of humanity rested on the tiny shoulders of this child born in Bethlehem. Now, generations that had experienced oppression, injustice, sickness, death, pain, and brokenness, those, all those things were laid on the hope of this messianic baby. As Christians, even today, we lay our hopes in the promise of Christ. Not that Jesus is some genie that grants every wish that we have, but all of our deepest longings and desires, all of our groanings and our hopes, we realize that they might find some sort of fulfillment in Jesus. Those deep longings could be as broad as hoping for an end to all the racial injustice in our nation that we've seen in the past years, or as acute as just wanting a significant other to spend the holidays with this year. Now on Christmas Eve, I asked those who joined the service to participate in what I called the sacred act of naming, where we were invited to name the hope that God was stirring in our hearts this year. Because in our naming of that hope, there is a sort of birthing process that takes place. The hope it leaves your lips as you name it, and it's exposed, it's heard, and it becomes vulnerable. We become vulnerable. Able to, this hope is able to take on a life of its own. Now, often we don't like to name our hope because we don't want to deal with the disappointment that might come if that hope isn't fulfilled. If we don't name it, we can actually deny that the hope is even there at all. But when it's named, it sort of becomes real. And so this morning, I want to follow in that line of thought and ask the question, what happens when your hope does take on a life of its own? Now, there's a story in the Gospel of Luke that captures this perfectly, I think. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. And in Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 41, the scriptures tell us that every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. 
When Jesus was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor, favor with God and man. Now, in this story, Jesus is 12 years old. 12 years old. Now, in the late 90s, the term tween was coined to talk about the growth stage when children are in between childhood and adolescence. It is a really difficult stage, as some of us can remember, for both preteens and their parents. There's so many physical and emotional changes that are happening in this growing and developing child. But one of the hallmarks of this developmental stage is increased independence. These preteens are taking on a life of their own. Now, I don't think Jesus would have been like a preteen today, not any offense to any preteens today, but we just know that the cultural influences and behaviors of 12-year-olds back then would not have been the same as they are now. But I do think that it's interesting that the scriptures have a story of Jesus, the tween. And what is the story about? It's about Jesus establishing some independence and differentiation from Mary and Joseph. Now, all of us are somebody's child. And at some point, except for a few rare circumstances, we all grow up and we become our own person. And whatever hopes our parents had for us when we were born, well, they don't always turn out. I mean, how many of us were supposed to be doctors or lawyers or engineers? And instead we became a teacher or we started working at a nonprofit or God forbid we became a pastor. Well, you know what I mean. At some point, whatever expectation was placed upon us as newborns, those expectations had to adjust to who we really were or who we really are. And I think that's what's happening in this passage. Mary and Joseph are discovering that the child the child that they have is becoming the Christ, and they don't have any control over that. Jesus will carry the hope of humanity in his own way, not the way other people might expect of him. And I think that's a word for us this morning, too. 
You know, all month we've been considering what hope God might be stirring within us, what hope God might be birthing in us. But then once that hope is delivered, once it comes out, once it sort of is actualized in front of us, it begins, like all things, to grow and mature. And sometimes we end up with something very different from that which we started. And it's not that God wasn't faithful in fulfilling that hope or in fulfilling that hope. We surrender, though, that hope to God, and sometimes He matures that hope and it changes. You know, this year, the journey of my daughter's autism diagnosis has been a difficult one for us. And as she gets older, and I see who she is and how her diagnosis shapes her development, I can feel this disconnect with kind of the hope that I had when she was born and then who she is now. And over the last few months, and especially as we headed into the holidays, there were a few really difficult weeks for her and for us too. And I have to admit there was some grieving that I did as I came to grips with the reality of what she struggles with. But a wise word from my spiritual director reminded me at just the right time that I could still trust in what God was doing. My hope in what God is still doing there is, is still present. You know, it's still present in her. But that hope's changing. It's maturing. And so as we head into the new year, I think God invites all of us to trust him with our hope. Even after it's born, even after it starts changing. And over the course of the year, I want us to consider that that hope might actually start to look different. It might actually start to mature and start to grow. And I think that's okay. I think we're still, though, called to trust that God is doing something that the hope that he birthed in us was not a mistake, and that even though the expectations might have looked one way when it was born, it's still there and it's still important and it's still a work of God in us. I think we're still called to trust that God is doing something and to ultimately find our hopes, satisfaction, and fulfillment in Jesus. Beloved, this coming year, May you hold on to the hope of Christ tightly enough to give you strength and loosely enough to allow God to mature that hope in you. Have a safe and happy new year, everyone. Look forward to seeing you next year.